Hello, I'm Rob Silverstone, and you're listening to The Rob Silverstone Show. On today's episode, we'll talk about meeting etiquette, including video chat etiquette. So, what is the purpose of a meeting? What is the purpose of a video chat? Well, obviously you need to have a meeting when you want to talk to people live to accomplish something, educate, resolve, and specifically, you may want to do a video chat when a phone call is not enough and an in-person meeting may not be practical or feasible. With a video chat, you can get visual cues such as facial expressions and body language, depending on the size of the screen on which you're watching the other participants. You can also share documents, and it's a more engaging way of having a conversation with multiple participants. Ensure with a video chat that everyone is paying attention unlike with a multiple-participant voice chat in which you can't see what people are doing. Note that some companies in video chats require that all screens be on, and some companies require that all screens are off. Make sure you know the policies of your company. So, how should you go about setting a meeting up? You'll need to think about approach, timing, and what information you want to convey. First, ask for permission. Many companies have shared calendar software, which makes it easier to set a time. Otherwise, you may need to reach out and say, hey, can we have a meeting Wednesday at 3 o'clock, just to make sure that the people have time available on their calendars. As with any meeting, schedule your meetings so that people have time in between. Ideally, for a 30-minute meeting, you really should only schedule 25 minutes so you can give the person a bit of a break to regroup for his or her next meeting. If it's an hour-long meeting, maybe schedule it for 50 minutes or 55 minutes, again, to give the other person a break. In general, explain why you want to set up any meeting and consider including key bullet points and or even an attached document in the invitation. That will give the attendees context and to some extent it may reduce their prep time for the meeting. It can also help make everybody more focused on the topic at hand. Be clear if you're expecting certain deliverables for the meeting and give sufficient time for those others to achieve those deliverables before the meeting. Don't just spring a meeting on people and say, hey, in in 30 seconds, I need you to bring XYZ. So which meeting software is best? Well, it may depend on your company and whether or not all of the attendees are part of your company or from multiple companies. Many people use Zoom, though you have to be careful about the free version because if you're the host and you're using the free version, it may cut off after 40 minutes, which means your meeting might end abruptly before things are resolved or even wrapped up. You may use Google Hangouts or Microsoft Teams, perhaps FaceTime if everybody has an Apple-compatible computer or smartphone, or even WebEx. WebEx is one of the meeting software families that has probably the best and most secure software, but it depends who has what. Give participants time to download and set up software if they have not already chosen to have that software installed, particularly if your participants, as stated, are from multiple companies. You might even in the evite want to state that, that, hey, we're using WebEx, so if you don't have WebEx, please go to this link to download the free version. Uh, Actually, let me tell you about a few experiences that I've had with meetings over the years, especially with video meetings. If you don't give people time and the awareness to download the right software, they may try to do it just as the meeting is starting. With some software, you actually have to restart your computer. So once I had a meeting, 
with multiple participants from multiple companies, some vendors of my company, uh, and people were downloading software on the fly. Some people could never join and sent text messages saying, hey, I can't get into the meeting. Can I just dial in with the phone? And some software allows that, though it's not ideal if you want to share documents. And some people got in, but the software was not compatible with their computers, so their voice was going in and out. Their video was kind of scratchy. It was not a very good technology experience. I learned from that in the future to give people plenty of time to download and test software first or to check with their companies if their companies even allowed that software. Something you definitely should be careful about. So before you have your meeting, test your setup um, to make sure the microphone is set to the right input, whether it's your internal computer microphone or you have an external microphone. Uh, double check that the camera is positioned properly so that you're, you literally come across in the best light. Uh, make sure, by the way, that you have a light. Uh, and ensure that the speakers are in the right setting and volume so that you can hear others speaking. Some computers, if you plug in a USB microphone, will automatically assume that's both the input and the output device. Clearly, most microphones are made for input, but not for output. So you may have to double check that. And again, do it before the meeting starts so you aren't spending the first five or 10 minutes of the meeting making sure everybody's technology is, is compatible. Very, very important. So always start and end your meetings on time. That's being the most respectful that you can be of others' calendars and others' timing. And that's key. If you're late to your own meeting, people may resent even being part of it. Uh, if you have to reschedule a video meeting, don't just send a new evite. Send an email in which you explain that you're moving the meeting and you're moving it from this date and time to that date and time in case it doesn't automatically switch on somebody else's computer. The worst thing to, be, to happen would be to have one meeting show up in three different places on your colleagues' computers so they don't know which one is the real meeting and which one they're just waiting around uh, for a meeting that's actually been canceled. So be very careful about that. When you're on a video call, as I said, make sure you have appropriate lighting. If you're sitting in a dark room, for example, with a bright window behind you, that could cause your face to be in the shadows or even impossible for someone to see your face. If the purpose of a video meeting in part is to see facial expressions, that would defeat the purpose. So invest in a good light that faces you from the front. Perhaps it's above your monitor or to the side so that you literally do not become blinded by the light. Warn others around you, if you're in a shared office setting, that you're on a video call so they should not interrupt you. Same applies, of course, if you're working from home. Consider unplugging or muting your telephone or other potential noise-making devices so it doesn't interrupt your meeting in the middle. You know, that reminds me, I was once having a video meeting in my kitchen, and I happened to have an old and somewhat noisy dishwasher. It works, so we haven't replaced it yet, but it makes a lot of noise. So the dishwasher was running. I sat down to start the meeting. I didn't really think about it. As I started talking, the dishwasher started into a rinse cycle and was making quite a bit of noise. Quickly, other people on the call told me that they couldn't understand what I was saying, and I didn't understand why. And then I realized, oh, yes, that's my dishwasher. So I just reached behind me and uh, you know, turned off the dishwasher so that it was peace and quiet and the meeting could take place as planned. So... When you're considering a video meeting, especially, never do an impromptu meeting, meaning don't just send a quick email saying, hey, we're going to have a video meeting in three minutes. Some people might need to not just prepare for the meeting, but they might need to prepare their appearance, change their shirt, brush their hair, 
put on makeup, whatever it is the person happens to want to do for video calls. So setting a meeting with no advance notice could put a lot of stress on the other participants. Always better to set a video meeting for the next day or the day after, unless, of course, both parties agree, and it's a small meeting, to do one impromptu. Uh, for example, if you're talking on the phone and you say, hey, let's go to video so we can share screens, okay, you know, if you both agree to do that, then do that. But please get the other person's permission first. So once the meeting starts, who's in charge? Well, that's always the question. It's always best to designate someone, and usually that someone is the person who set up the meeting, but not always, but make it clear to everybody who is in charge. Is it the initiator? Is it the highest level person on the call? Uh, remind everybody at the start of the meeting what the time frame is. Hey, we've got 25 minutes to talk about this, or 55 minutes, or whatever the time frame is, just so people can frame and have expectations about when the meeting's going to end. If needed, designate a key coworker to take notes, especially if you are presenting. It's very hard to present and take notes at the same time, but you might get a subordinate to do that for you just so you have good notes, especially about what other people said. So what should you wear and how should you look if you're doing a video call? If it's business related, the acceptable attire is that that's based on what your company culture is. Could be business casual, could be more formal. I don't recommend wearing a torn t-shirt uh, and leisure wear to a meeting in which you're talking about a serious topic. It's harder for people to take you seriously if you're not dressed appropriately. That doesn't necessarily mean you should wear a suit and tie if you're a man or a fancy suit and tie or a dress if you're a woman, but you should wear what's appropriate given what your company does. So lighting is more important than you think, as mentioned before, and it can illustrate that you're dressed for success. So should your background be real or virtual? Well, it really depends. Some people like to have virtual backgrounds to protect their privacy. They don't really want to, their coworkers or vendors to see what's behind them in the room where they're doing the video chat. And they don't want to give evidence of what their life is really like outside of work. Uh, it might be a good idea to suggest that everybody uses the same virtual background if you're all in the same software, and that way everyone would be equal. Or consider allowing some people to participate in audio-only mode if they're not comfortable showing video. Uh, this really also could relate to privacy concerns or policies not just of the employee, but of your company as well. What should you say and what should you not say? Well, that's always something that people think about. As with any business conversation, be kind, be courteous, and be civil. Don't be overly critical, especially in front of others. At the beginning of the meeting, ask to go around the call, as you would around the room if you were in person, and have each person introduce himself and herself, giving the name, the company name, and the role within the company, especially if you have participants from multiple companies. Context can be very important. If it's a large meeting, tell each participant to again identify herself or himself before speaking for the first time. Also, strongly suggest time limits on these things so that people don't go on and on. If you have 20 people in a meeting and you're going around the room just to introduce yourselves, limit it to 30 seconds apiece. Otherwise, you take up too much time in the meeting. The leader should take an active role in pushing that meeting along, of course. If you have a setting to display the names of people in a conference software, such as WebEx, then definitely turn it on. That makes it a lot easier to know the names of the people you're speaking with. So you can say, hey, Sally, could you elaborate on that point you just made? This can be very helpful. 
If the meeting is being recorded, there may be an additional layer of complexity, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Some software, such as Zoom, is not great at allowing two people to speak at once, so be courteous and respectful of other people's time and wait till they're finished before you start talking. Encourage participants to keep their computers on mute until they have something to say to prevent stray noises such as coughs, doorbells, barking dogs, etc. Otherwise, those things could disrupt the meeting. Don't assume everyone can pick up on your body language. Some people may be watching in so-called speaker mode, meaning the speaker's screen is much bigger than everybody else's, and others may be watching in gallery mode so that everyone is roughly the same size tile. That would be similar to the opening sequence of the Brady Bunch or Hollywood Squares from television in the old days. If you don't know what the Brady Bunch or Hollywood Squares look like, you can Google that on your own time. Don't do other things such as reading and responding to emails, typing, texting uh, while you're on video chat because others may notice that you're not paying attention and your brain, the human brain, cannot process both simultaneously anyway. People don't realize this, but the language center in your brain can only process one language-based input at a time. So if you're typing back and forth with a friend while a meeting's going on, you're focused on the words you're typing to your friend, and you're not actually absorbing the words being spoken during the meeting or the presentation being shown during the meeting, and vice versa. You could end up typing the wrong thing or making a mistake that you'll regret later. So that's also why it's important to pay full attention to the meeting while the meeting's going on. And if you accidentally leave your microphone on while others will hear you typing, which is both disrespectful and distracting. So the question at hand, to record or not to record? If you're recording a meeting, um, you generally have to give notification or seek permission. Uh, Please ask that permission before the recording begins, as that may be required either by your company's policies and or by state or local law. If one person objects to being recorded, you either have to not record the meeting or ask that person to not be on the call in the first place. This is very, very important as some people may also be self-conscious about being recorded. If you're recording, you should have a purpose, by the way. Is somebody who's not able to attend the meeting wanting to watch the meeting later? Uh, Do you need to save it for archival or legal purposes? Uh, And where is the video being stored and for how long? Recording a meeting takes up an enormous amount of memory on your computer, especially if it's a 30 or 25-minute meeting or a 55-minute meeting. That could be several gigabytes. So make sure you're recording this for a good purpose and not just because you think you might want to watch it a year from now. Again, as I said, you need to notify everyone and get permission first before you record the meeting. So there are some other meeting do's and don'ts. For example, do let multiple people have a say in the discussion during the meeting, especially if the topic is a contested one. But don't cut people off mid-speech. Some meeting software makes it difficult to even do that. Do watch for hand raisings. That is the best way for the leader to both moderate the meeting and give everybody who wants a a chance to speak. Use the chat function in a meeting, which enables you to give text messages basically to other meeting participants in real time, but minimize its usage. It's very hard for the speaker, for example, to read chats while he or she is speaking. Uh, That goes back to that same thing I talked about with the language center in the human brain, that you can't process two inputs simultaneously. So... Keep in mind that there is no real multitasking. You're really just alternating quickly between one task and another. So encourage people if they're using the chat to be brief. Maybe it's a few words. Maybe it's a sentence at most. 
don't copy and paste links or paragraphs into the chat and expect people to go to those links or read those paragraphs while they're supposed to be listening to somebody else or watching a presentation. Note also that when the meeting is over, the chat goes away. So do turn off notifications or other pop-up items that may distract you on your computer and others on the video call. For example, once I was having a meeting and I didn't turn my notifications off and I was getting these bings every time I got a text message from uh, some friends of mine, uh, I could certainly read those texts later, but as I'm talking and people hear bings in the background, they don't necessarily know, is that tone coming from their computer, from their messages? Is it coming from mine? They start thinking about reading their text messages. So if you turn those notifications off, you create fewer distractions and people can pay attention to the purpose of your meeting. So make eye contact with your camera, not necessarily with the picture on screen. Some people during meetings move the window of the other participants up so it's close to the camera. So that way you're looking at the camera, looking at the participants almost simultaneously. If you have multiple screens attached to your computer and the camera is on one screen and you're watching the participants on another screen and you're talking and looking at them, not looking at the camera, it might look as if you're not speaking to them. So this is very important. In fact, uh, years ago, I had a video interview for a job I was applying for. This was the first time I ever did that, so I was definitely a little out of sorts. It didn't go over well, in part because I didn't know this rule, and I had both a laptop and an external monitor, and I had the video of the other person on my external monitor uh and I was looking at that, not looking at the laptop. So I'm sure I came across as not really looking in the right direction. And that can be distracting for the other speaker. Uh, another topic, of course, on another podcast is interviewing. But just here's a good place for me to interject. If you are interviewing for a job, make sure, especially sure, that the window showing the other person on the job interview is very, very close to your camera. So it looks like you're looking at the person when you're speaking. And it looks like you're looking at the camera at the same time. Can't stress how important that is. So when you're having a meeting, be mindful of the remaining time before it ends so that you can get through the topics at hand, finish the presentation, do a wrap-up, which we'll talk about shortly. Uh, and if you're the leader, others are expecting you to do this, to be mindful of their time too. If you need to extend, ask the participants on the call, hey, is it okay if we go 10 minutes over? Sally hasn't had time to speak yet, and she has something important to say. Some may be able to do so, and some may not. This could also be a good reason to start recording if people allow you permission to do so, so that if they drop off on the scheduled time, they can watch the last 10 minutes at another time. If not everyone can extend or it's too important, you may want to discuss ending on time and then having a further follow-up meeting later that day, later in the week, depending on people's calendars, of course, but here is where you can ask permission to do that. At the end of your meeting, you have to decide how to end the call. You might want to give other people a last opportunity to clarify what they've already said. You might want to list the decisions that have been achieved during the meeting. Certainly summarize next steps, especially if another meeting is required, and if it is, set a follow-up time and venue if appropriate. Some companies are now back in the office, so you could have some people in, purpose at, in person at the meeting and some people on video, so make sure that gets set accordingly, and if you do have people in person, it's in a room where that's conducive to a video call. Politely end the call, allowing for those last-minute thoughts or comments. 
Note that the video software only saves the chats if the call is being recorded. So you could give people a chance if they need to copy and paste a link or something else someone put in the chat down to their computer before you turn the call off. Once that's done, you can sign off and hopefully you've had a successful meeting. I hope you found this advice to be helpful in your work life or even in your personal life. Please send us feedback to rob at the robsilverstoneshow.com. Thanks for listening, and I just want to remind you the the views contained herein are my own personal views and do not reflect the views of any company that I work for. Thanks for listening and look forward to another episode. <laughs>